Welcome to the New Mind Creator podcast with your host, Maurice, the New Mind Creator. Today we will be interviewing Lori Beard. Please make sure to subscribe to my podcast so that you will receive alerts when new episodes are available each week. So my mom, she was really passionate about sports. As a matter of fact, we would talk about sports all the time. She was really up to date on sports because I myself am a sports lover since I was just a little kid. But her favorite sport and the sport that she played was volleyball. And I grew uh, an appreciation for volleyball as well. Um, Have you played volleyball? Oh, definitely. I love volleyball. And since like third grade, I I think everybody pointed out and I realized myself that I I, ha- I had a talent there. So it, it was a joy for me to play volleyball all the way to college. I love it. Wow. What college did you go to? It's in Puerto Rico. It's a, it was a private college, University of uh, Inter-American University of Puerto Rico. Oh, nice. So did you do you have a favorite volleyball player? I, I know um, men volleyball doesn't seem as exciting to me versus women's volleyball because the men – there's not a lot of volley going back and forth. It's pretty much a spike almost immediately. (laughs) Yes. Well, to answer, I kind of got disconnected from that. Um, I I enjoyed it and I love it when the Olympics come and I can sit down and watch, but I I don't have a particular name right now that comes to mind. Yeah. I know you're into yoga, aerial yoga. How has that experience been like? Oh, my goodness. So I've been doing yoga for like 12 years, and it's just wonderful to stretch and to tone and use your own body to get stronger and tonify. But aerial yoga takes it to a higher level, as you can imagine. Um, It's with these elastic bands, um, where it's just one. I, I kind of call it like a hammock. It's kind of like a hammock. And you do all kinds of movements. Um, if you're standing on the ground, you, you can put your leg through the little hammock and then swing your leg and then start climbing that elastic until you're flying like literally like Peter Pan. <laughs> and it feels, it feels so good. Um, it's just like uh, yoga at a different level. And I swing, we swing, we have fun in class, we challenge each other, we help each other. And it's just, I think it's something that I recommend for anybody that would like to give it a try. It requires a lot of upper, upper strength and core strength. So that's why I like it because I think those are my weakest, weaker spots. But I just love it. It, it brings the inner child out of me. Well, so I know I've heard of stretching being a really good thing, especially mm-hmm. for promotion of um, just elasticity within the human body, um, what benefits have you noticed that you've received from all of the stretching and the yoga poses? Oh, that's a very good question. Uh, like I said, I need stretching and every human needs stretching in their lives. And I've heard uh, people say, or quotes going like this, you are as old as your spine is flexible. So if you can't touch your toes, you, you need to pursue trying to touch your toes because um, flexibility and elongate, 
elongating that spine is very important for alignment or posture. Um, so that to me, it's, it's one of the biggest benefits being able to stretch and be flexible. Um, so that's, that's one of the benefits. Also, I've had injuries because of volleyball. So because yoga is low impact, um, I like that I, I'm, I'm still getting a stretch in a calm way. And at the same time, I'm, I'm getting toned because it's you against your, not against your own body, but resisting with your own body as you hold the poses. So that's, I love that. Wow. I know um, a lot of time people begin doing something like exercising, especially when the, there's a new year and they don't continue because of various things they get in their minds. Oh, I can't do it because of this. I can't do it because of that. But I know you're married and you said you have eight kids. How on earth are you able to juggle everything <laughs> and still be present for your family? Yes, that that is the same answer. They are the ones that uh, help me stay motivated instead of thinking of them as an excuse, right? And all those busy things as an excuse, I, f I find them to be my reason to get up every morning, honor my morning rut routine that, I, I don't know if some people like to call them morning ritual or routine um, for me. Um, it's a cliche, you know, we hear in the airplane, put on your oxygen mask first before you put it on to somebody else, the person next to you. And that is so important, though. It is so important. And when I first started traveling and things like that, I was like, how does that even make sense? But as I embraced it even more, I'm like, totally, it totally makes sense. So I make time. And it's very important that you said about uh, New Year's resolutions um, and then not living up to them, right? New Year's resolutions, we get into this mode of like, oh, I'm going to conquer the world. And you don't need to conquer the world. You just need to conquer yourself first <laughs> before you conquer the world. And as you go one step at a time, um, that is probably how what you're doing is going to affect and manifest and influence the world. But um, some people set unrealistic goals. Um, and that's why they get discouraged. Um, I teach my clients, I'm also a life coach, and I teach my clients that instead of saying I'm going to work out for X amount of time or hours or minutes a day, if you're not used to, you can't jump from zero to one hour a day, for example. You can't. I mean, if you can, that's wonderful and congratulations and keep going. But if you haven't been able to work out or have that type of commitment, do what? 10 minutes, 50 minutes, sorry. It's just amazing how there's so much out there that's available that are customized for your need. And if you just say, I'm going to work out 10 minutes and increment that every, every week, you know, okay, now this week I'm going to do 15 minutes. I was able to commit for 15 minutes. Now I'm going to increase it for 20. And you know what? Sometimes I, that's all I can do. 10, 15, 20 minutes, but that is better than nothing. And then get discouraged thinking, oh, I can't do this. I'm a failure. So um, that is what I do. I try to honor myself by, with self-care and even if it's a little bit at a time. That is absolutely amazing because it seems like you are 
running a corporation in your own house to manage, you know, <laughs> everybody. I mean, that is just absolutely amazing that, you know, you and your husband are able to make that happen. So you you also are a hip, you're a hypnotherapist? Or yes, in the state of Texas, mm-hmm. I need to say I am a practitioner. I am right. a certified mm-hmm. hypnosis practitioner um, because I'm not a licensed therapist. Mm-hmm. I cannot say I'm a hypnotherapist. But I love, um, I love it. I, it's clinical hypnosis, uh, which it helps with many things, pain management and um, traumas, many symptoms of anxiety and depression, you know, and it, it's just fascinating the, the, the help it can be. It's kind of like a shortcut for people to recover and heal. So how long have you been doing hypnosis? It's been since 2016. I'm getting into, in May, it will be four years. It's just amazing how time goes by. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. So in hypnosis, because I just know surface level hypnosis, you know, about it. Is it, what is the idea of hypnosis? Is it getting to the subconscious mind or what, what is the objective? Absolutely. You are right. The little, you know, it's totally accurate. So once upon a time, even doctors, they would come out out of med school knowing to hypnotize because the power of the subconscious mind is so amazing that it helps us relax and calm and get to a deep level of relaxation that ego and conscious kind of get get out of the way to allow subconscious or unconscious, just people get kind of scared when they hear the word unconscious. Um, but the unconscious or subconscious mind then awakens and it's what helps um, people reprogram their thought processing patterns from neg- and turns them into, you know, from negative to positive um, for you to live a better life, a life with better outcomes. So because that self thought um, and thinking, you know, and you ba- you're basically hypnotizing yourself, you know, with negativity or specific things that you have heard from outside voice- voices, you know, or sources in your life. And then I basically hypnosis, what happens, it taps into that subconscious mind. So it will reprogram into something more positive. Wow, that is absolutely amazing. Does it take several sessions or this could happen in one session definitely uh i know somebody that comes from a school of hypnosis that he says that and and i don't doubt it um that one session does it all and that is fantastic however because we are complex beings and the mind and the brain is such a complex thing (laughs) Uh, yes, I have programs that have several sessions, you know, it's like little packages of sessions, um, depending on the acuity of the issue and the crisis the person is. Um, it's not, I, for example, if somebody wants to um, be treated or come to sessions for smoking cessation, that is good. And somebody I know in the Dallas area, for example, says and claims that he can help you in one session. And that's wonderful. I, I don't aim for that in my practice. I aim more towards, let's see the underlying issues of why is it that you, you're, you have this tendency, you have this addiction. And because it's fine if the, if the person can stop 
doing that. But then what happens is the person can resort to another addiction to replace that one if the issues that trigger the behavior are not addressed. So there's a lot of people with depression. There's a lot of people with anxiety. I can't uh, diagnose for that. I can't tell you anything about that except for if you are manifesting the symptoms, those symptoms are the tip of the iceberg. And there's so many underlying other issues, experiences, feelings, and emotions from the past that that is what I like to address to release, remove, reframe them, and resolve them. Wow, that's beautifully put. So what major life challenge did you need to overcome that forced you to have to master your mind and emotions? Because I know you help people master their mind and emotions. So what did you have to overcome? Thank you. That's a great question. Um, Wow, putting me on the spot here. That's great. I love it. Slowly and surely, I'm being able to do this, especially, especially when I wrote my book. I was like, I need to I need to write it. I need to tell my story. So, yes, I was surrounded by, sadly, I love men. You know, I love men. I love male figures. I have six boys myself. I love my husband. But I was when I was growing up, I was surrounded by male figures that had addictive, addictive behaviors. And my 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 parents divorced when I was young and all that. And for some reason, the divorce and this sense of, wow, all my aunts, my grandma, my mom, they were all divorced. And because of this men having all these tendencies and having conflictive lives. So then my own parents being maybe I wasn't good enough for my dad to stick around and love us and nurture us and protect us, you know, what a child wants from a parent, right? Figure or one of the other, you know, parental figures. So forever, Maurice, I was I was bl- blinded with that half of the equation my father didn't love me or didn't love us we were i'm the youngest of four children so my father didn't love me or love us enough to stay i I was unworthy of his love um did i do something wrong or you know that was something very inhibiting in my life also um i was molested sexually as a child too. And not until, man, I, I, I got married, I had kids, but not until I started studying for this is what, you know, if I was to master, you know, help others master themselves, I needed to learn that myself. I started meditating. I started answering, you know, writing essays for the homeworks and things like that. And then I realized how all this had affected my life, my self-confidence, my way to show up, show up, you know, in front of the world, it, my parenting even, there's a, there was a lot of suppressed anger. So when I realized that I needed to give the other half of the equation, remember I mentioned one half of the equation, my father, and when I focus more on being grateful and happy and embracing the fact that the other half of the equation loved us, kept us, worked hard for us, fought for us, <laughs> took care of us and nourished us. That's when I started living life and realizing, hey, somebody loved me. Somebody stayed. Somebody stuck it and was my hero. 
And when I reframed that, um, everything changed. One of the things, since you asked, one of the things. So I needed to work with myself for many things. And that's why I love working with my clients. I learn something from each of them. And I kind of see myself, maybe not in content, but in context through all of them. And I learn and grow. So it's very fascinating. Yeah, that's a fascinating story. So what you, you know, you encountered these things, these obstacles and heartaches as you were coming up and, be, you know, a kid and becoming an adult. What was it that made you decide, make that decision to confront those things that were happening, the mindset that you were you know, you noticed that it was negative and it was hindering you. Was there anything specific that made you say, you know what, I'm going to change my life or my mindset? Very good question. And it's so interesting because the same way as some people giving the example of smoking, you know, that some people out there know that there's people that say, I'm going to fit, I'm going to be done with smoking and they can do cold turkey. Um, that's wonderful. Something hits them, something awakens them, and boom, magic happens, and that's wonderful. It's the least, you know, it's the least of the of the uh, situations. It, I think it's less that that people are out there that can do that, and the other people need, you know, the 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 patches, the the, the nicotine gum, and things like that. It's in a slow process. Well, to answer the question for me, it's, it's, it was the slow process. So as I was learning, uh, but it's one answer, which the answer is purging, purging or detoxing my brain, my heart from all this negativity. And it didn't, it's one answer, which is purging, but it didn't happen at once. So lots of guided meditations myself, which is kind of the hypnosis that I do. It's metaphoric, uh, guided meditations. Um, I, it took me to listen to a lot of guided meditations. There was one specifically that I listened to that was kind of very healing for me. And it was uh, uh, around releasing anger. And that's why I, th I think that hypnosis is so powerful because to me it's a shortcut um, from talking therapy and things like that. There's typically my clients come to me after years and years of, of talking therapy or regular counseling, which is fine and it has a place, but when they hit kind of like a plateau, they, they want something else and they come to me and it's kind of like a little shortcut. I don't say it's a quick fix. It's like a shortcut because when ego steps down and sometimes we don't even know how to articulate, how to put in words, what is wrong with us and what is it that we feel? So sometimes tapping into that, or many times tapping into that subconscious mind just does the trick. And where you didn't know what was wrong with you or how to express yourself about something specific, subconscious mind just takes care of it. And in that occasion, I, when I listened to that meditation to release anger, I felt like my chest, my stomach, everything kind of, it was freeing, like, all the knots and the tension there allow for me to breathe. And I cried and I cried and I cried and I cried. And it was very beautiful. And I just love it when my clients go through the same thing. 
they have an idea and we discuss the intention for the session. But then through the process and when they come back after the relaxation and the trance state, they say, wow, it was, I thought it was X, but I discovered it's Y and Z instead. So it's just fascinating to see that happen. But that's what happened to me. It took me journaling. It took me a lot of meditation. And then that specific one that helped me release all that anger that I had inside and suppressed. Wow, that is absolutely amazing because sometimes people have physical ailments because the way you described it, you were carrying it in your body. And that's what happens. We carry those experiences in our body. So it was released through your crying and you said your chest, you could feel, breathe easier. And that is like amazing because some people go the opposite direction when they have trauma and have these experiences, but you didn't give up. You really like kept going, which allowed you to overcome it and then now help so many other people overcome those same issues, even if it's not the same thing. So that is just fabulous to hear. Thank you. Thank you for saying that I was, I don't know, courageous. I mean, it takes, it takes wanting to be done with it, right? It takes, people talk about their comfort zone. Let me ask you something, Maurice. <laughs> is it really comfortable? <laughs> <laughs> no, not to get... <laughs> something that in order to really achieve something or change the paradigm of yourself is not a comfortable experience but the after effects is what you get gain peace with just like you talked about uh doing yoga how that made you feel you know all of the stretching is beneficial but definitely not during yeah. So, so if you're, you know, you know, your X, Y, Z pounds overweight and you're not used to working out, going back to that one too, right? That example, of course, it's comfortable to stay on the, under the covers in the morning, <laughs> an extra hour, right? It's comfortable, but is it, are you going to long-term, right? Thinking long-term, be comfortable in your own skin, People are taking pictures and it's funny, please, please make me look skinny in that picture or no, no, let me hide behind you, you know, behind whomever else, you know, to cover themselves or whatever is, you know, I can hear or perceive that that person's not very comfortable, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so to me, I have a little philosophy on the comfort zone. Number one is not comfortable. And it's just what people, what I think people, um, is the, what I call the known zone. It's what they know and because it's the area, the zone, even people with anxiety, people with depression, it's what they know. And sometimes it's scary to go to a new place, the fear of the unknown, right? And the process of metamorphosis is very challenging, like a butterfly in a cocoon. You know, it's challenging for that butterfly to get out of there. They, they, they need to do it. They need to do it. And in coaching or what I do, yes, I'm a guide because you're allowing me to be your guide, your mentor for accountability, but you are really doing the work yourself because you want it. Because people that come to me, finally, they know they're going to invest money. They're going to invest time in themselves. 
And that, that tells me that they really want it. So whatever we discuss and whatever intentions and whatever action items the person get out of, you know, my session to work with, it's because they really want it. And when they're doing that, like the butterfly, they, they, they spread their wings once they're out of that cocoon, once they're out of that, you know, seemingly comfort, comfort zone. And man, their possibilities are amazing for them. And they thrive, they thrive, and they t are ready to take risks, and they're ready to change, and they're ready to, to embrace the new zone. <laughs> yeah, that is definitely something when a person is, and, and just seeing that transformation of them being comfortable because of fear, being in that little confined space, but they really want to be outside. So yeah. then getting the courage to you know, break through and see a whole nother, see themselves in a whole nother light. It's just, it has to be fulfilling for you, as you said. Oh, yes, definitely. Yeah. So when your family and friends found out you were a coach, how did they respond? <laughs> they thought I was kind of not crazy, but like, wow, you're going to do what? Because my baby number eight, when he went to kindergarten, um, I said, Hey, what am I, what am I going to do with my life? <laughs> so, so I wanted to go to school and it was just a perfect fit and, uh, they were supportive. My immediate family, they, my children and all that, they knew that I, you know, if I was at the public library or would close the door, you, you know, of, of my room because I was doing homework and things like that, they would get like, Oh mom, I'm, I'm just done. I want you to be done. And they celebrated when I was done. They're, they're supportive. Um, my parents are supportive. You know, those are the ones, the first ones that, that like my, my, my social media postings and things like that. <laughs> but I, I feel a lot of love and support. <clears throat> my husband is a great cheerleader and he encourages me and they know my goals. They know um, the important work that I'm doing. Um, sometimes they don't understand it completely, but when I when they see a review or when they hear somebody saying something, they they're very happy. So I appreciate that, and that's what gets me going too. Wow! So you said you did you just began going to school after your eighth child? Yes, yes. I had some schooling before my marriage and everything, but yeah, after the eighth child, I. Um, after the eighth child went to kindergarten. So I had already stayed, you know, I stayed at home all those years, uh, loving, raising my eight children. I nursed them. I, you know, I was there for them. I was a stay at home mom forever. And that was part of my identity forever. Um, it is not completely my identity now. It's, it's going to forever be my role. Um, but yeah, I started school after my baby number eight went to school, to kindergarten. So it was intense. I, my daughter <laughs> got married and she was out of state and we were planning her, her wedding <laughs> long distance um, as I was doing homework in between. <laughs> so that was intense. Um, my daughter also had babies. I'm a grandma of four babies. And my daughter also had babies while I was going to school. So I would be there with her. I would travel to to be a support for her during her 
you know, deliveries and all that. And I would bring, it was all online. My schooling was online. So I was able to, to do that. That was very uh, convenient to, to be able to do that. So I think everybody, Maurice, has 24 hours in a day, right? And some people are busy, but they're going, um, they're staying busy with, without any direction. I want to stay busy. And like, like you've seen, you know, self-care is important. <laughs> I take my oxygen dose every day, right? Sort of speak. And, and I just want to uh, leave, live um, and lead a meaningful life, a life with purpose and intention. And I think that's what drives me. And when I decided to start a school, I was 100%, you know, committed to it. And I made it happen. I made it happen. When somebody finds a loved one and they do anything and everything to go spend time and date that, love, you know, that future loved one or spouse or because you're so in love with the person, you make things happen. So that I'm, I'm, I'm in love with life and with the legacy that I want to leave behind. And that's what gets me going. Have you always had this purpose driven force within you? I think I, ha I have, um, not always completely on the surface, right? Because of the negativity and the things that kind of wanted to um, knock me down. Um, but even as a mom, even growing up at some, you know, my, I kind of was always like a, an old soul, if, if, if that makes sense. And um, had a lot of friends and people would come to me for advice and um, I always journaled since I was like eight years old and I think and if anybody is listening to this and if they can take something out of this is journal 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 write something because it helps with that remember when I talked about purging when and you detox yes and and I think having that connection with myself through journaling growing up helped me understand myself and when I understand myself I think I understand others better so and jotting down my feelings and everything kind of gives me that sense of purpose and motivation even when when I'm very down I would write about it and it helped me see it from the outside to understand myself better I didn't have all the answers but at least I would understand myself. And one of my R's on my seven R's method um, that I share with my clients for healing and for them to master themselves is um, restoring, restoring relationships. And that relationship um, is important. And of course, I always say that it starts with a higher power, God, the universe, whatever you believe in, and then yourself. If you are in alignment with that higher power and values system, then you need to work on restoring your relationship with yourself. When you do that, your relationship with others will be better and thrive. But I did that for myself and by myself journaling. And uh, it was very healing. So I think if that answers, I think I've always had it um, <clears throat> with the ups and downs that come with it, right? <laughs> so... Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what uh, you just uh, referenced, the seven R's, what are the seven R's? 
Ooh, the seven R's are removing, removing emotional burdens. The second R would be resolving internal conflicts and then releasing negativity, <clears throat> reframing, sabotaging perceptions, replacing with positive, <clears throat> restoring meaningful, meaningful relationships and rewriting your story. If, if I apply that or liken it to, to my own experience, I, I needed to remove my emotional burdens of feeling so inadequate, you know, in regards to my parents' relationship and my father leaving us, right? And then I needed to resolve that internal conflict and release all that anger. Remember when I said that that guided meditation helped me so much, release the negativity, the anger. And then I reframed that. When I, when I thought, hey, he is 50% of that equation. Let me look at, let me reframe those sabotaging perceptions and think about my mom that was there for us, for me. Um, that changed a lot of a lot of it. And when I replaced it with positive and allow myself to to embrace that and focus on that, that made a big difference. And then restoring that relationship with myself because children sometimes are so egocentric, not in a bad way, but they, you know, it's mine, mine, me, me, you know, I, I, they also take it upon them like, okay, maybe it was my fault you know, that my parents, and I don't know this, maybe it was subconsciously, but you know, the, the self-confidence wasn't there. Like if I, was, if I wasn't good enough for my father to stay around, you know? And then when I restore that, when I started embracing myself and valuing myself, it made a big difference. And then I think that's when my story changed and I was able to rewrite it to see my story, the story of my life in a different light, like you said, right? In a different light and move forward yeah. so those are my seven r's <laughs> yeah, those are some great seven r's by the way um, so laurie mm -hmm. is it do you think it's possible for anyone to gain mastery of their own mind absolutely absolutely and that is when everything happens life change and you can anyone can thrive if they allow themselves to do that how, and how important is, do you think, is having a balanced life connected to developing a healthy mindset? Balance. Balance is so important because everything, everything is aligned. Everything is working in synergy. Um, so it is extremely important because you're not giving away some energy in one area more than the other, right? Some people forsake themselves. They, they, they don't take care of themselves, taking care, care of the world. And then they start feeling resentment, right? Or, or abandoning or, or neglecting themselves. So balance is key. Once you have your personal life aligned, once, and it's a constant thing you're going to check in. You have to always check in and have it in check and work, work hard for that balance. When your personal life uh, is in order, and if you're a professional, an entrepreneur, business owner, an employee in the corporate world, your professional life thrives. 
I have seen many professionals here, medical doctors, CEOs, that even though they are seemingly successful on their field, they know they're not because they feel a void. And it's so sad to see them thriving in their business, but their personal life being a mess or vice versa. If they're thriving in their business, um, not in their personal life, but their professional life is not in balance, there's usually something that is not aligned in their personal life either. And it's just this cycle of, it's a vicious cycle if you don't live in this balance. And that's why it's so important for your mind, your spirit, and your body um, to be aligned. And it takes a lot of conscious effort at the beginning when, you, when you're not yet playing the game. It takes a lot of conscious effort to create those habits, to get help, and to do the work that it takes to keep that, that balance. But it's definitely necessary. Yeah, because there are a lot of people who are walking around and they have, they may, as you said, they may be on the top of the world in their craft or at family, but something else they are not having as, as much success as they would like to in peace. And they have all this inner turmoil going on within them, in them, and they're walking around. How can someone begin, who's like this, can begin the process of shifting and become and having more positive thoughts? What can they begin doing? Um, on their own, they can, <clears throat> excuse me, there's some apps out there um, that are fantastic with guided meditations. There's, you know, plug into that. If you don't know what else to do, if you don't know where to start, plug into external voices, external information, um, so you can be infused with some some positive. We, like maybe 90% of people are struggling because an outside voice, an outside force was telling them all these things, pushing them down. Um, insulting them, calling them names, labels, you know, an authority, a teacher, a mom or dad, you know, and grandma and uncle that raised them, you know, and starting that way would be a good, good step. I listened to the same recording for like two or three years <laughs> in order for me to um, get rid of some paradigms. I love that you mentioned the word paradigms about specific areas in my life, abundance or like, you know, money, prosperity. I, so reprogramming your mind starts with uh, positive information and affirmations is something that I teach. Um, the language of positive words is important. So Marisa Peer, she does hypnosis and she's from the UK. She had like a little campaign going that if you would write everywhere you you see yourself in a mirror in the dashboard of your car in your phone screen your computer screen I'm enough that that experiment writing I am enough everywhere you can you can see made a big difference to a certain amount of people she she did that experiment with and if you see videos of her out there, um, she, she has, I think, even a TED talk about writing that down. I am enough. 
if we didn't hear that enough in our lives growing up now, because nobody told us and nobody reminded us, or if we heard the opposite, you know, you're this, you're that, then we need to start claiming that and declaring it to the world. And that's a good start. Yes, that sounds like a great start because often we think we have to perform or do something to be accepted. But if we come from the perspective of right now where I stand, I'm enough, that's a totally different mindset because, and yeah, yeah. So who has been the most influential person in your life? <laughs> well, with, with my background story, <clears throat> guess who? <laughs> yes. My, my mother, yeah. my mother and my, my grandma. So basically my mother was like the breadwinner. She would work, work, work. And she also pursued her studies. She became, um, she, she had a doctorate's degree and everything. Um, she worked hard and go to school. And then my grandma was the, the person that was at home raising us and uh, like the stay at home person. My grandma was so wise. She had so much wisdom. And she would always sit, sit down with us and tell us and warn us about things. And she had a lot of wisdom. So they were very influ influential in my life, my grandma and my mother. My mother, seeing her fight for what she wanted and protect us and care for us and love us and work so hard for us. And at the same time, she made time for us. She made time for us. I remember summers playing cards, you know, because she was a school teacher and university professor. She had some, you know, time off during the summers. And I look forward for that to kind of spend that time with her. And then she remarried and I love my, my dad or my stepdad. And they are amazing pillars in my life. And of course, my husband now. <laughs> Good. So how would you like your work to be remembered, your legacy? I would like to be remembered as, oh, this is a hard <laughs> question, um, as someone that was able to, to touch your soul, your spirit, um, as someone that was able to influence for good and be an instrument uh, and a guide to help you realize your greatness, to help, to help you find those answers from within so that you can execute according to those answers and step forward into your greatness and say, wow, Lori, help me. Mm -hmm. um, and that's, I guess, the legacy I want. <laughs> great legacy, great legacy. So what is the best way for people to contact you for your services? Sure. It's my website, um, steadfast-forward.com. Steadfast, like mm, walking straight and forward, steadfast-forward.com. Or social media, I'm on LinkedIn and Facebook, Lori Beard, L-O-R-I-B-E-A-R-D. So, Lori... What valuable piece of information would you like to leave our audience with? What is your one to grow on? Yes. So there's a quote that James R. Sherman said, and he said, although no one can go back 
and make a brand new start. Anyone can start from now and make a brand new ending. This is my message. My message is that it doesn't matter where you are. You need to hold space for yourself, accept where you are, and decide if you don't know, if you don't like where you are, decide to do something about it. Find a friend, find a mentor, find a guide, find a find some, not an accomplice, find somebody that will help you, that will be honest enough with you to help you make a decision for transformation. And remember that today is the first day of the rest of your life. And it depends on you and where you want to go, which direction, direction you want to go so you can move forward and step into your greatness. Thank you for listening to The New Mind Creator Podcast with your host, Maurice, The New Mind Creator. This podcast has been sponsored by Abundant Sports and True Serum. Head over to www.mauriceflournoy.com to receive more motivation and insight to help create your new mind.